hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org. We started a series in the life of David. Did you guys enjoy last week when we talked about David and Goliath? I want to kind of just kind of keep that going just for the next few moments um, and, and kind of get into something that I feel like is kind of prophetic in nature, um, but also to kind of let you know that if you, you need to be able to find yourself in the scripture. Right. Yes. Yes. You see what I mean? I mean, when Jesus comes out of the wilderness after being released, he was equipped in the wilderness. He came out to be released in the society. He walks right into the temple and he picks up the Bible or the script or the scroll or the readings, whatever you want to call it. He picks it up and he reads in, Luke, uh, in the book of Isaiah. We know it as Luke chapter four for us. And he reads and he says, I'm anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he goes through this whole thing. Then he takes the book. He closes the book. He hands it to the attendant. And then he sits down and he says these words. He says, this day, this day, the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. That's an incredible historical document for us. But Jesus found himself in his day. Jesus opened up the scroll, opens up the, the passage of scripture, and he says, this is it right here. I'm finding myself in current times. I'm living in current days. See, we all have a past, and we're really looking for a good future. But the reality of it is, what do you do when you're trying to find your current time? When you still have to hope on to the future, and you're still trying to run from your past, building bridges that you've already torn down, rebuilding bridges that you've already burned, and then going forward, trying to make something out of a, 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 a direction you feel like God's called you to do. But what do you do in the middle of this thing? Jesus found himself in the middle of his day, this day. Today, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. We're good at church of getting people to come from where they come from because old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. And gosh, without a vision, my people perish and we're headed to the future and says, man, there's, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me and we're going for the, but what do you do right here? What do you do in the moment in time when you're not where you were and you're not where you're going to be, but you are where you are. You got to find yourself. You're still not, you're, you're not just looking just for now. Yes, you are taking your history in, in perspective, and you're also looking where you're going, but where, where are you right now? What do I do with what I saw is not what I'm seeing? What I saw in my heart, what I saw in my vision, what I saw in my dream, what I saw where I go, what I saw, and it's not where you are right now. That was David. David gets crowned by Samuel, had to go back out with the sheep. You know the story. Then he gets called and anointed king by Samuel. Then the guys are fighting with Goliath and Israel is getting taunted by the Philistines and Goliath is the, the representation. His dad calls him in and says, hey, go take this bread and your cheese down to uh, your brothers and check on them and give me a report. Next thing you know, you know, David finds himself facing off with the representative of the Philistines of the world. And then you got him now representing Israel, God's chosen people. So you got a young man, Ruddy, getting ready to fight this old Goliath. David takes his head, you know the story, we talked about it last week, hits him with the sling, the stone, the stone knocks him to the ground. David didn't have a sword, so he goes over and takes the Goliath's sword, cuts his head off. Then he takes the, the, uh, the head 
in the, 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 the armor and takes it and presents it back to, to Saul. It was a great time, man. David was a hero. Incredible. Now, here's what he didn't, didn't, what you don't realize. I didn't realize. The story just really starts getting good from that point on. Because after David and Goliath had a standoff and David won the battle, David did exactly what he was told to do. And if I'm David, I'm thinking, man, this is my time. This is it. I'm starting to remember now all those promises that I realized and was dreaming about after Samuel had put that oil down on my head. I know things are gonna be good. I don't know that they were gonna come this way. I was hoping I'd get ridden, drove into town with a, maybe a, a parade and, 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 and they would crown me in front of everybody, but I didn't realize I was gonna have to have a fight, but I'm okay with a fight because I've had fights before, David said. I'm okay with a fight. But here's what began to take place. After David brings it to Saul, Saul was very fond of David. In fact, he loved David. The Bible says Saul loved David. David had this ability to play the harp and play the strings and this, this evil spirit that would come upon Saul. Saul was so tormented in his mind that David would come and play the harp and play the strings and those evil spirits would go off of him. So David, Saul began to promote David within. And then so much so that Saul looked at David and said, listen, I know you brought the cheese and the bread and checked on your brother. You ended up in a fight. You delivered Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. We still got to go still to take him. We got to take him on. You're not going back to your dad's house. What do you do when you get intercepted from the road plan and the road map that you have for yourself? But God has a different route. David had no idea because his dad said, you come back and tell me what happened. Check on my boys. David couldn't go back to the house. Saul says, from here on out, you're here. In fact, he was so much appreciation of David. He said, David, you're going to fight the rest of those Philistines. I'm going to put you over all, because you're a man of war. I'm going to put you over these guys, and we're gonna go, you're going to go take them. So David says, I'm in. And the Bible says that David dealt wisely with all the things that Saul put him over. So David leads a, an entire army of people. He'd already taken out Goliath. Now they're gonna go into the Philistine camp and take all the stuff and the people from Philistine hostage, right? So David leads them and says, let's go. So he goes in, destroys the entire population of people and listen to this, takes all of their stuff and brings it over here into the camp of Israel. Saul is excited. It's an incredible time. Man, I finally got a guy that I can trust that's going to go out here and do what I know he's capable of doing for all of the Israel and the whole nation. The problem was, when David started coming back to town with all the stuff, there were some women inside the camp that knew how to play a tambourine and sing and dance. And as they began to play the tambourine and dance, they started saying things like this. Saul killed a thousand, but David killed 10,000. Saul heard, wait, I'm the king. I put him there. And now they're giving him more praise and accolades than me as the king. I can't have them taking my honor. The Bible says from that day on, Saul eyed David. 
So much so that David would come in in front of Saul and play that harp. And one day, Saul looked down because that tormenting spirit came on Saul. Looked down, he had his javelin in his hand. And two different times, he tried to pin David to the wall with that javelin. And David just dodged that javelin. So David's getting a little concerned here. Something's not right. See, David fought out there. But what do you do when you have to fight a different warfare in here? What do you do when you make that profession that says, oh, thank God I'm not in condemnation anymore and all things are made new, old things are passed away, and now I'm saved and my, 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 my direction has gone from heaven or hell and now I'm on my way to heaven, but you're not there yet. And now you're not fighting the Goliaths of the world. Your fight has gone from fighting external things to internal things. When you're fighting religion, self-control, pride, what people think, insecurity, fear, Fear of failure, fear of succeeding. What do you do? What do you, what do, you do when you're taking on the giant and everybody says yes and high five? But this battle, you can't fight with a stone and a sling. This one's, this is, this is you've grew up in church. You knew all the rules and regulations. You know not to do this and to do this, and you should do that, but you can't do this. What do you do when internally your mind is playing tricks on you and the religious structure that you bound yourself in isn't working for you and trying to take you out? See, Saul represents, the word Saul means charge or command. It means other things too, but that's two of them. Saul means charge or command. What do you do when God gives you the freedom to make choices, but you don't trust yourself to make the right choices? When God removes the limitations off of your body and your life, the ceiling has been removed and you've got nothing but vision, nothing but dream, nothing but goals, but insecurity creeps in and says, what if you fail? I'm ready to take a step out to a new dimension in God, but what if I fall on my face? What, what do I do? What do you do when you have a direction to go, but your wife says, I'm not with you on this? What do you do when you're saying, Look, I'm going to church, I'm ready, I'm committed, I'm, re- I'm making myself dedicated to the church again, I'm gonna start serving in the church, I'm gonna do what I know is right, and he says, I don't feel like going. And the whole time you're in here worshiping, the whole time you're in here in the presence of God, you've got this little ache inside of you going, I just don't feel complete. And things around you, you can't control and change. You've come up against your soul. It's designed to take you out internally and to, tr- and to, to try you, right? 
to try you in the midst of how you're gonna handle internal conflict versus how you handled your external conflict. It wasn't good enough for David just to be crowned king to kill Goliath. You're never gonna achieve the promises of God in your life by just getting rid of external issues. It's how you handle the internal issues that matures you to be a steward over the things that God blesses you with. David had the ability to take out Goliath, but he didn't have the character to be king yet. Processes of life, challenges of life, internal struggles of life, I'll prepare you. Disappointments, pain, suffering, loss, aggravation, frustration. Nobody wants to worship those, but they're necessary. We want to escape all of those issues. Why? Because they hurt. hurt. I'd rather just worship the Lord and just accept the promises of the Lord. Yes, but there is a process from the time you worship the Lord to the time you accept them, you're going to go through some stuff. There's going to be people in your life that you can't change. There's going to be circumstances in your life that you can't change. And it creates friction. It's why God created Adam and Eve. (laughs) I say it like this. When John on the Isle of Patmos in, in the book of Revelation looks back and he sees this angel and he says, this, this, he says, my God, this is an angel speaking to me. Man is the only creature that's created that dwells in two different places. We are here in the earth dealing with external living things, but you also dwell in a spiritual realm dealing with spiritual things. And I don't know about you, but I don't have conflicts with angels, but I do have conflicts with people. It'd have been a whole lot better if it was just a bunch of angels walking around. Am I talking to anybody? Tell John that, because John got this great revelation by this angel saying, I heard a voice and come up here, and well, that's wonderful, but John's the same guy that was trying to call fire down from heaven because Elijah did it. We'll kill every last one of them, God. The one that walked in love. Right? So he created you to be here in earth, but also dwelling or exposed or living, hearing, feeling, sensing in the spirit. The problem that we run into that God created is the tension between the both. He intentionally created tension, tension, stress management from your spirit to the living, external realm that we live in. These things you can't control, but spiritually you're in all control. How do you figure? Well, what's David? Saul takes this this, this javelin. David dodges it. David goes, runs right into Jonathan. Jonathan is Saul's son. Jonathan and David have this incredible relationship, brother relationship, incredible. So much so that they loved each other so much and became such in covenant with one another that Saul, or Jonathan gave David his skirt, his bow, his belt, 
His tunic, he gave him everything. He just handed it to him. He said, here, this is my stuff, man. I'm giving it to you. David says, okay, I got, I got this thing. I got it. Saul brings him right back out again. David had, listen to this now. David had to go and do, be faithful when he knew every landmine was set around him to take him out. What do you do to be faithful when your body don't want to be faithful? What do you do about being faithful when you're giving when it doesn't balance? What do you do when you're being faithful? You got to be faithful to attend because they're counting on you to come and be served and be a part, but you just don't feel like it because everybody's aggravating you. If he hugs me one more time and I walk in that place, I'm so sick and tired of hearing candy, candy, candy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> things just get aggravating. You don't, little things start getting on your nerves, right? But how, do you, how are you faithful in the midst of all of those things? David says, the Bible says this, David dealt wisely and was faithful in everything that Saul asked him to do. Saul trying to kill him. Religion trying to kill him. Religion trying to kill you. Rules, regulations, your flesh, your, 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 all of those things are trying to take you out, but David's dealt wisely. You gotta deal wisely. Because in the midst of everything David did, he was doing it unto the Lord, right? His intentions were good. So while Saul was trying to put him down, David just kept popping out. He put him over a bunch of other army people and, and, and men and soldiers, and they go out and they take more territory, more spoil. Saul would come back and say, God, here he is again. Every time I try to take him out, somehow he rises to the top. Why was that? Was it because David was crowned king back in the day of Samuel and Samuel poured the oil on him? No, he wasn't crowned king. He was crowned king then, but it didn't take place. David was being purified and transitioned and transformed by learning how to be faithful, dealing things wisely, even when everything was stacked up against him. And that's not our nature. Today's nature is if we don't like it, we don't deal with it. I don't, I don't need the headache. I've been there before. David was tried, Saul tried to kill David over and over again. I'm talking about 1 Samuel 16, 17, and I want to get through a little bit of 18 today, and next week we're going to keep going. But you've got to be faithful in the midst of controversy. You gotta be faithful in the midst of adversity. You gotta deal wisely in the midst of pain and agony and hurt. Why is all that? Because you don't know it, but you're being promoted in the middle of that process, and it'll only last for a season, and God is instilling things into your character in the middle of that, that when you come out on the other side, you're gonna be able to rule and reign at another level of life. Am I making sense to anybody? But our natural tendency is to retreat. Or what we would do today is David would get up in Saul's face and say, I'd rebuke you in Jesus' name. No, he dealt wisely. He kept getting promoted. He kept getting promoted over and over and over again. So much so that the covenant that he had with Jonathan, Jonathan was... A, had some inside information. 
So Jonathan said to David, he said, David, he's not going to try to kill you because he wouldn't do anything without telling me. David said, well, I'm going to tell you. I'm playing the harp. And that wasn't your head there, but I saw the spear coming at me. And he darted away. And he darted away. It happened twice. He said, he's going to take you out. And Jonathan said, he's not going to do it. I'm going to go talk to him. Jonathan goes and talks to his dad and says, listen, what has he done against you? He killed the Goliath. He, he, he's fought the men and, and, and he's, taken, he's brought back all this spoil into the camp. He's done all of this stuff. Why are you trying to take him out? Why are you trying? He said, you're right, you know, you're right, Jonathan. He said, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna do it. I can't. I can't do it. I'm just not gonna do it. Jonathan goes back to David and said, hey, he's not gonna take you out. I got him. I talked to him. It's, everything's gonna be okay. We're gonna make this thing work. I think it was just something he was going through. It'll pass. Well, they're not jealous anymore. They're not talking about you anymore. They're not looking you up and down anymore. They don't, they, well, I don't even think they're thinking about your ex-husband anymore. You're, 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 well, they know you had that situation back then, but I think it's past. I think they just learned to forget about it. Right? So you believe, oh, I am going to make myself vulnerable again. David made himself vulnerable, came to the table to eat. And guess what happened? Saul was nice to him for a few moments. Next thing you know, the Bible says that tormenting spirit came on Saul again, and Saul was ready to kill him one more time. David said, something's not right with this picture. That led David on a journey to the throne. If Saul would have taken him in, he would have become complacent right in the house of Saul. He would have served the house of Saul and would have never developed the reputation that he had amongst all the people that he met when he ran for all those years. And we're going to talk about it as the weeks come. You have been thrust out of your comfort zone. Your comfortability no longer can hold you. And if you're still comfortable in it, guess what? Somebody's going to come along behind you or something, some situation and circumstances is going to come behind you and say, it's time to go. You got to come up out. And you're going, if I could just sit at the table, let me just live my life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Don't bother me with anything. Let me just pay my bills. I'll do my job. I'll raise my kids. Everything will be okay over here. Just let me, just leave me alone for a little bit. I don't want anything to do with the church. I don't want anything to do with religion. I don't want anything to do with those people. I don't want anything. To, I've had all of that. I served in it. It was a time that I gave every day. I was there day in and day out. And all I got for it was a javelin just I had to dodge because everybody just kept talking about me. I got burnt out on the church. I got burnt out on serving. I got burnt out on life. I got, let me just, just let me just get here for just a little bit. The problem is, you don't have say-so over that. Because God has more in you than you know that's in you. And the only way you're going to get to where you're going is if you get kicked out of the nest a little bit. So he'll take your insecurities. He'll take those, maybe those little prideful moments that you have. And whatever they are, he'll use them as an impetus to get you moving. And as you begin to get moving, the journey in the movement of the ups and downs of the hills and valleys... You thought the divorce was the end. I'm telling you, the divorce is your beginning. 
Oh, God, I wouldn't want to go through that again. Oh, no, you won't go through that again. Now you're going through the process of training and equipping because you're getting ready to be released into your next level of life. He's equipping you to be who he's called you to be. And you won't fall for the stuff you fell for back then. But you wouldn't meet the people you need to meet. You wouldn't have the job that you're going to need to have, the training that you're going to need to have, the experience you're going to need to have, the wisdom that you're going to need to have at the next level of life unless you're on that journey to go where you're supposed to go. If you think you've worked 15 or 20 years over here to accumulate all of this knowledge, see, David used the bear and the lion to kill Goliath, but he had no frame of reference for Saul. You've used your past experience to get you here. Now what are you gonna do when there is no frame of reference? It's you and God dodging the javelin. And every time you dodge it, it's a promotion. And there's always these good people in the camp. You know, if you had enough faith, you probably wouldn't be going through what you're going through. And if you're like me, I'm looking for Saul because I want to hold that javelin. Give me that javelin, Saul. Who said that? Yeah, if you, had to, you just don't have enough faith, I really wish you had faith. Well, you know you have to, you, you made your own bed, now you got to lay in it. Yeah. Well, I think God's stripping you of everything you have so you can just have him and you Oh yeah? Is that how this works too? Well, if you'll just humble yourself, he'll exalt you. I'm dodging javelins. I don't know how to humble myself. I can't tell the difference between pride and humility. I don't know. I'm up one day, I'm down the next. I'm making appointments with doctors to get prescriptions and then I cancel them because I know I shouldn't probably be taking those things. Am I talking to anybody but just like myself here today? You know what I'm saying? You're in a place where you're going, my God, I feel like I'm up and down. I'm going losing my mind. I'm spinning out of control. I don't know if I'm in the right direction, going the wrong direction. What do I say? Who am I? Who's my friend? Who's against me? Are we in the right place? Do I change jobs? I got to have some sort of movement in my life and you can't go anywhere. If every decision has outcomes and incomes that you don't even know what to do with. So finally, there's time. If you're like me, you get muster up enough faith and energy and Spontaneity, you say, I'm going to take it head on. And then you run right slap dab into the, the wall. And you go, hey, that was worth it. Right? And then you and God have a little one-on-one. You're talking to the Lord a little bit, saying, man, I don't understand this. And then you've already gone through, listen, you've already gone through the God, I'm confessing of every sin I have in my life. The one I've had, the one I have, the one I think about having. I want it all gone. God, I repent of all that stuff. Just, I just want to, I want to plead the blood over that. Listen to me. You got to live this thing. I appreciate pleading the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the, I apply the blood. And I bleed. All of that works together. But you can't quit. You cannot quit when you're in the process of being transformed. 
You cannot quit. You cannot retreat. You cannot retreat. Even though you may look like you're running backwards, you're still running forward. Because your heart is fixated on where he's called you to go. When it gets tough, when it gets hard, when it gets mean, when it gets angry, and you're internalizing everything, and you've stripped yourself of all, and you're ready to throw up your hands and quit, you just can't call, throw up your hands and quit. You throw up your hands and say, God, I don't know where, you've got me. I don't know what to do. And the God, him, because he loves you so much, he'll take you through that process. And if you don't have enough strength to move your head so the javelin don't hit you in the head, he'll move your head for you. If you can't pay the bill, somehow God will send a raven. But what you can't do, what you're not afforded to do, is to sit over here in a hole, beginning to feel sorry for yourself, not even knowing you are. Oh, wrapping yourself around yourself and all the people that feel sorry for you. And you're sitting here, you're going, oh, okay, I just want to isolate myself. I need a break today. You, we all need a break today. This is life, man. Life don't give a break. I wish it did. If it, you take a break, it'll break you. You got to get up and go. Do you think I like getting up at 4.30 in the morning to go work out with that guy? No. Dear God. If Stacy hadn't been in the car on the way back, I probably would have cussed. He's a beast. I'm just telling you from where you are right now in life and the time that the seasons of life that we're in in history. Jesus stood up and he said it. This day, the scripture is fulfilled. I'm telling you guys today, this is your day. Jesus still had to go get die on the cross. David still had to go and battle for years. But the promise of the king of, that went on Jesus's, the crown on his head, and the crown that went on David's head, was an absolute promise from heaven. And what God starts, God performs. See, back before the election, back in 2008, 2009, when the economy was just collapsing, real estate values were dropping, people were losing most of the retirements, fear set in the country, and even more things escalated. Coal business in this area just collapsed. People started, it took a few years for the ancillary businesses that are affected by coal to start getting affected by it, but they did. And then next thing you know, we're looking around and, and in the midst of all that addiction world just climbs to the surface and becomes the new God of the city and the region and the state. So it's the idol that we have to deal with while all the other things that we were really support mechanisms for us to help provide and live and, 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 and live in the kingdom, we couldn't do anymore. And if you keep living today, as that is your frame of reference, when that has already gone by, you'll miss this day is the scripture fulfilled in your eyes, in your ears, in your life. So if I took a free frame of where you are, 
of your life today, right now, a snapshot, a picture. And I looked at it and I said, man. And I told you that you're in the perfect will of God today. Would you quit fighting to change everything? Or would you just focus on where you're going and keep going forward in spite of the pain, the hurt, disappointment, the baggage, the fear, the unknowns, the element of surprise? It's just not God's will for me to live this way. The Bible says that God put that tormenting spirit on Saul didn't say the devil. So it could be the very thing you're rebuking. It might be the very transportation mechanisms that's taking you in. Goliath was David's door into Saul's house that was supposed to be a promotion that ended up nearly killing him. But he had to go through Goliath to get in through Saul's door. And when he got in through Saul's door, he had to go through Saul's door to get into the next realm of life. And every step was character building, transformation, so David, when he finally sat down on the throne, realized loyalty, how to deal wisely, didn't make him perfect at all, but it established him. You'll never go high unless you go low. You'll never go out unless you go in. And I've just come to proclaim to you today that God saved you for this era of time where the climate of society and culture and the landscape of life in 2018 and beyond collides with your name. He's equipped you from all the past stuff, all the good, the bad, ugly, and in between. Boom. And in life, boom. Why? For you to be the generation that transforms a world. And you'll never transform a world unless you allow him to transform you. Would you stand with me? Steph, go ahead and play something if you got something there. I am extremely excited about the times that we're living in. I, I, I'm excited that I've got a nine-year-old 
that didn't know he was speaking prophetically. Right? We've got to learn to listen and hear what the Lord is speaking. You've got to open your hearts wide open. You're not going to outrun your problems, but you will outlast them if you don't quit. I've never seen anybody get promoted and crowned without going through that cross. You're going to see it through David's life over the next few weeks as he continues to battle Saul. And as he battled Saul, he had to battle himself. Gosh, there's, there's so many people out here in the world that are, they think, they think it's Goliath they gotta take out. Once they take out Goliath, then they gotta start dealing with himself. And Goliath can be taken out very quickly yeah. with his own sword. But insecurity, fear, paranoia, past situations, all those things, all those things have a tendency to hide themselves within a person. Goliath's big and it taunts you. But Saul was inside the house. And the only people that saw inside that house was Saul and David. What are you dealing with today? What's your Saul, so to speak? Steph, go ahead. I won't give up on us Even if the sky gets rough I'm giving you all my love I'm still looking up Every head bowed and eye closed. Nobody looking around just for a moment. We're going to do something very traditional, but yet very contemporary. I'm going to ask you what, just two, two things today. You're going to fall in one of two categories. You, maybe you've never really kind of fully given yourself to the Lord. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about maybe making a confession or profession when you were a kid. I'm talking about you've never really said, okay, God, I'm committed Come hell or high water, I'm committed. If that's you, 
I'm gonna have you raise your hand in a minute. I'm gonna pray for you. The second group of people that I'm gonna pray for, that you've already identified your Saul and you have no idea how that you're gonna conquer that thing. You've tried everything you know to do. You've asked for prayer. You've asked, and I'm gonna pray a, a supernatural prayer, a prayer of, of encouragement, but also of strength and wisdom. Because the Bible says David dealt wisely with that situation. And as he dealt wisely with it, he was promoted. He escaped the situation and he was promoted. With no one looking around, if you fall into one of those two categories, I just want you to raise your hand. I see your hands all over. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray strength for my brother and my sister. God, we've come a long way. You've brought us a long way. You've taken us to a place in life, God, that we didn't know how we'd ever get here, and now we find ourselves here. And God, some of us have never made a full commitment and said, Lord, I'm in. I'm, I'm all in. I'm not just partially in. I'm all in. I don't know what it looks like. I don't have the stamina sometimes, but I'm all in. And Father, I pray that you give them strength. You give them courage and boldness to deal wisely in those situations. And then another group, Lord, that, that has already identified their Saul, and they know that it's coming at them left and right and the mind starts getting paranoid and, the, and they begin to think on it and dwell on it and things begin to kind of just overtake their mind and all of a sudden frustration and confusion sets in just like Saul had. God, when it all starts piling on, we don't know how to handle it. God, I pray for strength and let that spirit that David had of worship come upon them that they'll know how to drive that thought process away and they'll know how to deal wisely in the midst of their situation. Father, I bless them. I bless them as they walk out of these doors, as they are released into their lives of dealing with day-to-day -day issues of life, as they advance in your life and advance in the kingdom and advance the vision that you've called them to be. Raising children, dealing with issues, dealing with family problems, dealing with job and financial, all the issues of life they're dealing with. Lord, let them stay focused on you and you give them that spirit of wisdom as they walk out these doors today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen, amen, amen. God bless you all. We'll see you Wednesday night. Don't forget, all of you that are staying around for the next half hour, I need you just to go straight over to the, the, the youth room or the children's area, and we'll get started in about 10 minutes. God bless you all.